You know, I, I think as a GM, you always have to find out what's available. Um, and so I think that's why rumors are, are always floating, because I feel like if you don't find out what's available, you're not doing your job. Um, but I like the pick. Uh, you know, I like, uh, obviously, I like Ohio State guy, uh, me being a Buckeye myself. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's neat to see, you know, now these two are going to have a connection. You know, young guys together coming up in the league. Um, obviously, same name. So <laughs> it's going to be built in, the Wilson brothers. Um, so it's, it, I think it's, it, it's going to be good for the team. That's the former offensive lineman, New York Jets icon, legend, and Thor lookalike Nick Mangold. You hear children there in the background. He was coaching flag football at a school in Ealing on Friday, the day after the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. A draft that many have given A grades to the Jets in the first round, of course, on Thursday night. They selected the outstanding corner in Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the elusive receiver in Garrett Wilson, and of course, a power rusher in Jermaine Johnson. They went on Friday night, and Nick was at the draft party in London, where they selected Jeremy Rocker and the running back, who many believe is the best in the whole of the draft, Brace Hall. What a haul it is for the New York Jets. We're going to get Nick Mangold's reaction. He talks about that. And the New York Jets' commitments to London and the UK. And with the UK in mind, we're going to hear from an NFL UK ambassador, the shining light for all aspiring British NFL stars, F.A. Obada, on his decision to rejoin Ron Rivera at the Washington Commanders. And because we hear the NFL International Series lineups and dates this week, we're going to hear from you. And you tell us who you would like to see in London in 2022. I'm Anthony Watson, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Thanks so much for downloading and subscribing to the Transatlantic Sports Show. We've been away for a while, but that's because there's been work going on behind the scenes. Life doesn't stop in the NFL. It did pause for this podcast, but we're back and we're back with a bang. We're committed to bringing you some of the biggest names from the world of the NFL. Try to offer you something a little bit different. Our USP is to give you the stories and take you deeper into the National Football League. So, Who bigger for New York Jets than Nick Mangold? He's our special guest in this episode and F.A. Obada, exclusive interview with Nick Mangold to come. F.A., we spoke to him. Well, I joined a roundtable discussion with him and a few other NFL media reporters when he signed for the Washington Commanders. He talks about how influential Ron Rivera was in his decision and also lets us know what it was like to sack the GOAT. Tom Brady, F.A. Obada, nine of his 11 career sacks coming over the last two years, and he sacked the likes of Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. So more from him to come. But let's get things started, shall we? It's great to be back with you. You're here for the Nick Mangold interview. You're here for the big names. So let's hear from the man himself speaking to me at a school randomly in Ealing where he was coaching flag football on Friday as part of the New York Jets' commitment to London. Welcome back to London, Nick. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Look, you uh, you came over back in October last year. The Jets, their first venture into the UK market. What, what do you think? You came over in 2015, but what do you make of the, the Jets branching out to the UK? 
I love it. Um, you know, when we played here in 2015, I had a blast. Um, it was awesome being able to play Wembley, um, you know, the historic stadium that it is, and, and to, to be able to play my game over here was, was so much fun. And, you know, I was able to do a little bit of charity work uh, that summer beforehand with some school kids and everything. Um, and, you know, you, you saw the passion there. And then when I came back over in 21 to see him play the Falcons, you see how much more in tune fans are to the game and, and how, the, how much more excitement there was to it. Um, and now being with these kids again and seeing their excitement, like it's just, it's growing and I, you love to see it. And you notice that growth. Oh, definitely. Yeah? Definitely. Oh, yeah. You notice it with the kids a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the kids then make their parents they're like, hey, mom and dad, I, I want to know about this. And they're like, all right, well, now I need to learn about it. And so seeing the fans at the uh, the, the, the Falcons game at Tottenham, um, it, it was it was awesome. Like it was just it, it was so many people were, were really into it. Whereas when we were here in 2015, I think there was still kind of a wonderment of like, all right, what's this game? What are the rules? Uh, you know, I feel like the punts got a lot of, a lot of good cheers. We're not really supposed to be cheering punts, but, um, but then this past time being back over, like it, it was, you know, fans were engaged and tuned. Um, and so it was, it was awesome to watch. Yeah, and interestingly, uh, I remember you guys coming over in 2015. I had a chat with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, actually. Uh, got told off because you can't talk to the quarterback. Uh, they, they speak on the podium. But nice guy. But um, the setup there, you were at the London Irish uh, practice facility. It's the Rugby World Cup, and there was uh, rugby teams practicing there as well. Did, did you pay any attention to the Rugby World Cup or any of the big rugby dudes? Have you seen any of these rugby guys? No, I haven't. Um, yeah, when we were here, it was we were kind of locked in a bubble and it was just kind of like all right you know we're, we're here to do a job so i didn't i didn't know anything was going on so um but no, i haven't seen i've seen i've met a couple of guys who have tried to go from rugby to football um and i, I always wonder like what are you guys doing <laughs> i don't understand that game at all um but it, it's neat to see like I, i've enjoyed watching a little bit of it you guys were in your bubble and you literally brought hundreds of toilet roll with you what, what was that all about you, you hear these bad rumors, you know, about the, bad rumors about the toilet paper. I don't know. Like, it's always funny the little things that you guys will stick on. And, you know, if they make enough stink, the team will take care of it. And so apparently toilet paper was the thing that we were we were big on. Is that like a little Rex Ryan thing, you know, just to, uh, I don't know, just to uh, showcase the Jets in, in a way or make you guys feel at home in a way, you know? I think it was probably more the feeling like home. Um, I don't, I've never noticed it, so I don't know. But, you know, it's, um, it's just it, we all have our funny quirks uh, that appeared to be ours for this trip well it was a great quirk because it made the headlines over here so there you go the jets and toilet roll now speaking of the jets do you think they've won the draft so far here we are we're talking day one of the draft was last night this is friday How, what, what's what's your report if you had to grade the jets draft after round one what would you give them well i, I was flying last night during the draft so i actually didn't get to see it live uh but i did you know when we landed i'm reading the reports and everything it looked it, it looked like a fantastic draft so far for the jets in the first round um you know, they, uh, Joe Douglas mentioned that he had top 10 grades on all three guys, um, and to be able to get, uh, you know, a, a real run stuff and DN uh, trade up for him with a guy that you thought was going to go in the top 10, I think is awesome. Um, so I think he did a fantastic job. He said he was going to make the defense better, um, and he got a weapon for uh, Zach Wilson. So I think it's a great start. I think you really build your teams in the mid rounds of the draft. So I'm excited to see what happens tonight and then into tomorrow. Yeah, you got Wilson to Wilson. Now. I think that was a great pick at uh, number 10. Though there were rumors floating around that they were tempted to trade or they're trying to trade that number 10 pick for a certain Debo Samuel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think... 
as a GM, you always have to find out what's available. Um, and so I think that's why rumors are always floating, because I feel like if you don't find out what's available, you're not doing your job. Um, but I like the pick. Uh, you know, I like, uh, obviously, I like Ohio State guy, uh, me being a Buckeye myself. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's neat to see, you know, now these two are going to have a connection. You know, young guys together coming up in the league. Um, obviously, same name. So <laughs> it's going to be built in the Wilson brothers. Um, so it's, it, I think it's, it, it's going to be good for the team. And your impressions of the first season under Robert Sala. I mean, that guy's a dude, isn't he? You just see the energy that he brought on the sideline as a defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Early impressions on him? Yeah, I think he's great. He's, he's, I love his enthusiasm. I love uh, his presence. You know, he shows excitement. Um, he doesn't get overly distraught at things, which is great. You know, you hate to see, you know, coach throwing his head headset and, you know, complaining about all the mistakes and everything, uh, just getting back and getting to work. Um, and so I want to see good things for him. You know, I know it started out tough. You know, that's a tough first year, uh, but he has a he has a great direction for the program, and I think he's working really well with Joe Douglas, um, and so I think that that combination should be good for the Jets. Yeah, and a good coaching setup there as well with uh, Mike Lafleur as the offensive coordinator. And you talked about a tough start; it was a tough start for Zach Wilson, but then you saw how he improved later on in the season. His numbers, the numbers don't lie. Right, and so I think the a big part of it was you know getting caught up to speed on the playbook, and that's why I'm excited for Zach this year. Uh, you know, getting a full offseason. You know, you're, when you're coming in right after the draft as a quarterback, you know you're getting thrown so much information if you don't have it all. So I think a lot of the a lot of his issues were not so much uh, physical issues, but more uh, mental side. You know, maybe a little hesitant. I don't know exactly what's going on in this play, um, but from everything I've heard, you know, he's just been in his book, uh, learning, learning. You know, he's had the experience now, which is good. You know, he's not coming in blind. So uh, I'm hoping for a big leap here. And you think that they they can get that bit closer to the Buffalo Bills? That's funny, isn't it? Here we are talking about the. Buffalo Bills is the dominant force in the AFC East. Exactly. It always has to be somebody, doesn't it? And so, like, if it was New England forever, I just hope it's not as long with Josh Allen uh, that New England had. Um, but I'm hoping soon it'll be the Jets that, you know, we got to watch out for. Okay, well, Nick, look, you've got a party tonight, draft party in London. You're making the draft announcement at the Shard. Just uh, before you go, I mean, when are we going to see you again in London? You, you're, you are, I guess you are Sir Nick Mangold now, yeah? Sir Nick Mangold, yes. I was looking for uh, my knighthood. Um, I don't know. I love it over here. I, I think it's a blast. You know, we brought the kids over um, uh, for the game, and so and my kids love it. Uh, my, my oldest is hooked on tea um, when we brought him back in 2015. Like, he's just, he's loved tea ever since. So um, I, I, I'm hoping to do a, a ton over here um, as much as they'll let me uh, because I do, I do really enjoy it, and I love the enthusiasm that I see, uh, not only out of the fans that are at the games, but just the kids that are here running around at school. Yeah. And it, I mean, the Jets, it, it looks like you've invested, or yeah, I'm saying you, but like the franchise have invested so much into London. They've, they've, they've certainly got a presence now, a, a real social media presence, which is great to see. Yeah, social media, you know, having a, a flag football team here, you know, that's branded Jets, like coming out and seeing kids in a Jets uniform um, across the pond is pretty special. Okay, well, Nick, thanks all for your time. No worries, thank you. So great to chat to Megan Van Gold. He is as cool as he sounds. If you see the image that I posted on social media, he was rocking the shades. He literally just landed in London at Heathrow, went off to talk sport to do an interview, and then came out to the school to coach flag football and to speak exclusively to me. So, Nick, I thank you.
Plenty more to come from the New York Jets, of course, now that they have marketing rights in the UK. They've certainly nailed that. They've got a social media presence, as we discussed there with Nick. So we're going to see a lot of Zach Wilson. I think it's a big year for him. They've certainly drafted for him and provided him with the weapons. Now it's for him to step up. But as I said with Nick, if you look at Zach Wilson's stats towards the end of last season, he certainly showed signs of improvement. So let's see how he gets on this year. Big year ahead. And then next year, when the AFC teams get that extra home game, I'm sure the Jets will be bringing one over to London. That's pure speculation on my part. There's no insight there from NFL UK. Speaking of NFL UK, and NFL UK icon Effio Bada has reunited with an old friend this offseason. The British star signed for the Washington Commanders in March on a one-year deal. Effie made a name for himself under Ron Rivera, of course, with the Carolina Panthers. And he joins the Commanders after a year with the Buffalo Bills, sacking Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in the process. He had 3.5 sacks in 2021 with Buffalo. There's going to be more on that Brady sack in just a moment. But here's F.A. on why he chose Washington. I think, um, you know, just the history with Ron Rivera and, you know, the type of the guy he is and um, the organization and and the culture that he he brings. He obviously he gave me my start in the NFL and gave me that opportunity to showcase what um, I felt like I was capable of. And, um, you know, I felt... You know, regrettably, last year I felt like I should have made that decision earlier, but having the opportunity to do that, I didn't want to make that same mistake. And um, it just it just feels like a good fit. You know, I just want to be a part of that culture again um, and part of that, that um, yeah, that, that culture that he creates. My agent said that he expressed some interest. I also um, was very adamant that there wasn't any other team that I wanted to play for. There wasn't any other coaches that I wanted to play for as well. And so... You know, I, and that's how it will happen. Um, well, I don't know if you know my background. I knew nothing about football. So <laughs> and then this will be my, um, and just, just the culture, the environment they, 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 um, they created. It was that of learning, that of patience, that of growth, that of wanting to be better. Um, not just on the field as well, just how he and how the coaches and Ron Rivera in particular carries himself as a man. is something to, that I've never been around though in terms of like role models and men carrying themselves in that way and it just it just rubs off and you want to be like that um but you know this is my what seventh year in the league fifth active so I, I think that being around that culture being around that level of demand and that standard that they create has allowed me to to you know develop and also be successful and um impactful with other teams not just the um not just in you know carolina or whatever F.A., what's your relationship like with Ron Rivera? Obviously, it's got to be strong for you to be teaming up with him again in D.C. Um, I, feel, I feel like we have a really good relationship. It is very strong. That, Like I said, the impact that he's had in my life, you know, the opportunity that he gave me, the the, the, the atmosphere and the ecosystem that he creates, it's just, it's just amazing. And, and, you know, being around the league and playing for different head coaches and, you know, it's just I've never experienced nothing like it, and it's only right that I um that I play for him, and I and he was honestly the only person I would want to play for, and I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity. You know, there's a lot of um, initiatives that have come through being able to prove that um, a Brit or someone that hasn't had the the um I think the standard 
pathway through college and high school into the NFL. You know, coaches weren't able to trust me at first, and just because of, they just didn't know that um, they didn't know me and they didn't trust me. Everybody in the NFL touches their money, so you want to put someone out there that trust that you trust. Um, there's initiatives like the NFL Academy that started. Is um, obviously the international program is is, is being successful as well. Um, there's various um, charities such as the Big Kids and others that you know are taking parts in the grassroots level. And um, and funny enough, the other day, uh, my wife told me she was outside the house and there was a bunch of kids, I think probably 12 years old. And, you know, they were throwing American basket on American football. And one of the kids was like, uh, must have fumbled the ball and he was getting picked on. And he's like, don't worry, you, you watch. I'm going to be the next FA butter. And it just, you know, it made her like smile in her heart. And it just, when she told me that story, I was like, wow. You know, I felt like London was my escape from American football where nobody knows anything or nobody knows me. But now it's like growing, you know, obviously due to the internals and also, you know, the IPP and, and obviously myself being in, in the league as well. So I'll tell you the story. So my, when I started playing football, um, just because of the size and um, I was a tight end, I started off as a tight end and that was Dallas. And um, I remember one practice, you know, just didn't know the game. And they put me out in the slot and I got in a three-point stance and everybody just started laughing and looking at me like, hey, what's going on? This guy, you know, just didn't know anything about the game. And I think that was a turning point where they said, you know what, you go play defense because <laughs> this is, you know, the learning curve was just too high. But that was, that was really funny, you know. Um, got my ass kicked a lot just because of the lack of experience and lack of knowledge, but it made me you know, build that callus and it made me want it more and it made me who I am. Absolutely love FA. I've spoken to him about four times now over the past year. He has 11 career sacks, nine of them coming in the last two years. His most notable sacks on his ever-growing CV include Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. So, how did it feel when he sacked the GOAT, the untouchable TB12, who was then aged 44, the grandfather of the NFL. Was it a little bit different to others? Was there a feeling of, oh, should I have done that? When you're out there, you're just competing. You know, the the ranks and the fact that, you know, he's the greatest of all time to ever do it in in that position, it goes out the window. You you, you want to, you're competing. And I didn't know how... um, how huge and how impactful getting as Tom Brady's sack was until after I went to my locker and my phone was just blowing up. You know, you sacked Tom Brady, you, said, oh, you know, and, and but that that was I was just I was just focused on winning at the time. FA Opata will be monitoring him closely throughout the season. Of course, here on the Transatlantic Sports Show, we have strong connections with the Washington Post, so we'll uh, we'll get reports on FA and keep a close eye on him and keep you updated throughout the 2022 season. Speaking of 2022, the matchup and dates for the NFL International Games are announced this week. There are three in London. The Jags have got their game at Wembley Stadium. They're committed to Wembley for the next three years, two at Tottenham. And of course, we've got the first ever NFL Germany game this year in Munich. And then next year, it'll be in Frankfurt. But it's all eyes on Munich in November, I would say. Now, you may know the matchups and the dates of these NFL international games because they've been announced 
or are being announced on Wednesday. The other international game is in Mexico City, by the way. It also gives us a chance now to go back to those games at Tottenham last October when the NFL returned to London after the global coronavirus pandemic. And at Tottenham, after that Jags and Dolphins game, that late comeback win for the Jags, I asked you guys, the fans, who you'd like to see in London this year. Giants. <laughs> I've seen the Giants play twice. Um, it's always nice to see them. Um, but equally, I come over, I, you know, I keep a record of all the teams I've seen. So it's nice to take a new team off. Um, I've seen both these teams before, so not new for me today, but it's still good. New ground. Um, been a Chelsea fan. It's nice to come to Spurs and uh, I'll try and find the trophy room, but I don't think they've got one. Probably the Packers. That's probably the only team, to be honest. But... I don't think they ever will, like. They, see, they sell season tickets out every year and the, they don't need to come over. Yeah. Like the Bengals come back over again, just so I don't have to go to Cincinnati. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't want to go there. Well, being a Cowboys fan, the Cowboys. Um, I don't know because we don't have any teams. Like anyone coming over is always like a good game. But yeah, you obviously want to, you know, a, a team that finishes better. But yeah, I'm not really sure. Chargers Chiefs would be a good game, wouldn't it? Over here, but I'd say that or a divisional game from the Seattle Rams Cardinals 49ers division would be a really good game to have over here, wouldn't it? Ravens and the Steelers, two best defenses. Why not go head to head? Packers, Packers game. Uh, they're the only team I think that's never played in London. Big support base, and they're usually quite good. Might get a chance to see Rodgers one more time. I'm waiting for Cleveland. Yeah, you know, so yeah, gotta be Seahawks. And the Seahawks for this guy, yeah. So. Yeah, Seahawks, Seahawks for me. I've seen them already at Wembley, but they can come every year if they can. Oh, uh, I would like to see uh, the Eagles or or the Cardinals. Yeah, I think so, yes. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, the quality of uh, the teams is good. Jaguars was always off, but Jaguars were the same teams every year. Maybe uh, new teams, the Packers or the Raiders. If you want a really good match, I think if you get the 49ers and Packers, you see the fans, uh, you have enough of them, and I think that can be a good game. I'd like to see Vikings over here, Broncos, because my mate's a Broncos fan. My mate, there's a Dolphins fan, so we're obviously happy for him that they've come over, so that's decent. Bears, 100%. Bears and Tigers because there's only a few Titans fans around so it'd be nice for him to see them. <laughs> if your team is heading to any of the international games and you can get some more power to your elbow, well done. Congratulations. Kudos to you. If you're listening in advance of the international series being announced, then good luck. And hopefully your team will be one of those that are coming over in 2022. As always, as accredited members of the NFL and a member of the NFL Writers Network, we'll bring you exclusive content throughout the season and we will be covering those games. We'll be at the NFL International Games. Probably not getting to Mexico, but definitely Munich and those London games. We love bringing you. We take you behind the scenes at those games as well. So uh, to get close this year in Munich to Tom Brady will be something special. So let's hope he stays fit at the age of 45 and he'll be there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right, well, it's absolutely great to be back. Sorry we've been away for a short while, but things have been changing behind the scenes here. But all you need to know is that we're back, we're up and running, and we're going to bring you great stories from the NFL, from players past and present. We'll get more reaction to those NFL international game announcements. And we've got some great names, some great guests coming your way over the coming weeks, including the Chicago Bears kicker Cairo Santos, 
one of the nicest guys in the whole of the NFL. We'll go deep and chat and have a great conversation with him. He's got a fantastic story behind him. He's a Brazilian, of course, a star, international star of the NFL. And we've got a few coaches and players to come your way as well. So all the more reason to hit subscribe on your podcast provider. More content coming your way from the Transatlantic Sports Show. I'm Anthony Woodson. You can follow me on Twitter at ARWoodson, W-O-O-T-T-O-N. And we are at T-A-S-S underscore UK. So until next time, remember, if it doesn't happen now, it will in the future. You've just got to believe.